Hello and welcome to the Community HealthCast brought to you by the Queen's Community Health Board. My name is Rick Conrad and I'll be your host for this episode. As always, I'm joined by our coordinator and the woman who brings pizzazz to the podcast, Elizabeth Bailey. Hi, Elizabeth. Hey, Rick. How are you? Good. How are you? Pretty pizzazzy today. Um, And as everybody in Nova Scotia knows, we're currently in the midst of a massive COVID vaccination program. And our guest today is from Nova Scotia Public Health, and we're going to ask her about the vaccines and the process around getting one. Megan Marsters is the health protection manager focused on mass immunization for the Western Zone. Welcome to the podcast today, Megan. Thank you. Thanks for having me. This is obviously a topic that a lot of people are interested in. Let's start with a general look at the vaccines that we have available in Nova Scotia. If we can just briefly go through what they are, how they work. Sure. So in Nova Scotia, we have three vaccines currently approved for use. What we have right now is Moderna is one of the vaccines. And all three of the vaccines are a two-dose vaccine. So Moderna is being used right now in long-term care facilities for residents and designated caregivers. So that vaccine is distributed by Department of Health and Wellness and Public Health. And we work with the long-term care facilities to help support that vaccine rollout for that particular population. Moderna is somewhere around the 94% effective rate. Another one that we have is Visor. So Visor is the vaccine being used for healthcare worker clinics and long-term care facility staff that attend those healthcare worker clinics. It's also being used for community clinics, which is focused on priority populations based on age. It's being used for First Nation community clinics. We're also starting to see rollout at pharmacy-based clinics for the visor as well. And the visor is, I think it's around 91% effective. And then the third vaccine that's been getting a lot of media attention lately is the AstraZeneca. So that is being offered by physicians in some of the clinics that they're holding in their offices and recognizing that there's been a release statements around the safety of use under 55. So sticking within the 55 and up for that population base. So when can people expect to get their first shot? It's obviously being rolled out on a regular basis, but what can you tell us about when people can expect to get the first one and then when they can expect to be fully vaccinated? So the Nova Scotia Immunization Plan is working. They've developed a great plan to ensure that everybody who wants a vaccine will have it by the end of June. I can tell you at the ground level, we receive vaccine each week and we get it into arms as soon as we can. We're working really hard at the ground to ensure, and not just at the community clinics, all the efforts with pharmacists and physicians and other healthcare providers, the collaborative effort between long-term care and all those other healthcare providers and community clinics is really getting us to that end goal, which is by the end of June. And is the end of June, is that for at least a first shot? Right. And then we start all over again. And can you book an appointment anywhere in the province? Yeah, you can. You can book online or by calling a phone number and you can book anywhere you're willing to travel within the province. However, we do recommend that you book closest to your home if you can. And we've been hearing some frustrations about appointment availability on the South Shore. Obviously, we're focused on the South Shore because that's where our health board is. Can you speak to this and how it might be addressed as the rollout continues? You know, I look at the frustrations and I can definitely relate to those frustrations, but I'm also always impressed by the uptake of the vaccine and the value that South Shore communities are wanting to do their part to be vaccinated. So I appreciate that they want to keep themselves and their families and their communities safe and want to play their part. 
Each week we're allocated doses by population and we ensure that there are always appointments for the number of doses we receive. As we receive more in the coming months, we will continue to keep an eye on the data and ensure that the vaccine is going to the right communities based on populations and age. If someone is having difficulty getting an appointment, as the age range goes lower, they can still book an appointment. Is that right? Absolutely. The door never closes for anyone to access the vaccine. So even though we continue to make progress by opening up based on age, the opportunity is always there for everybody to receive the vaccine. You know, we would never close that door for them. And you had mentioned community clinics. Is it possible to describe how those work? So when I say community clinics, I am talking about larger clinics being held and hosted by public health. So that's when you're calling to book an appointment or calling that number, you're getting linked into a community clinic. Now, those are more centralized. So there's 10 across the province within our Western zone. We have one in Bridgewater at the Nova Scotia Community College, one at Yarmouth at the Nova Scotia Community College, and currently one in Neminus at the Baptist Church. So those are the bigger community clinics. However, there's pockets of smaller clinics happening within the pharmacies. So there's pharmacies in different locations based on data in terms of making sure that people who might not be able to travel to the bigger clinics. So that's where you see those smaller pharmacy clinics. In some areas, the bigger clinics happening across the province see larger numbers in the data. You know, we might be running through more people during the day. So in Liverpool, for example, there's one set up at the Legion that's being operated by our local pharmacy there. Does that make sense? Correct. Yep. So what happened was they identified locations and pharmacies, and then the pharmacies decide how they're going to implement that clinic. The bigger ones are more a little bit of a standard approach, you know, in terms of you go into a gym, actually, and you you go through, you register. The registration process is very quick. You go in to be immunized. Uh, you know, you've done all that registration and immunization within 10 minutes, and then you recover and you're on your way. It is a collaborative effort to ensure that we're delivering services to meet the needs of the populations. So can you talk about the weight between doses and why Nova Scotia decided to expand it to 16 weeks? Mm -hmm. The National Advisory Council on Immunization released that new guidance on when that second dose can be provided. You know, every decision made around the vaccine is evidence-based, so it just shows that you can receive your second dose up to 16 weeks later and be just as effective. Nova Scotia decided to adopt this recommendation, ultimately, so everybody gets their first dose sooner. The idea behind that is to make sure that more of the population gets at least one dose more quickly. Is that right? Absolutely. I've also heard that the right vaccine is the one that you're offered. But some people have concerns about the safety and efficacy rate of AstraZeneca. We mentioned this earlier, but can you speak a bit more to this and some of the concerns people have about that? Yeah, I mean, when I reflect on why people may feel that way, I know there's differences between Pfizer, Moderna versus AstraZeneca in terms of Pfizer and Moderna teach ourselves how to create protein needed to trigger an immune response to protect against the COVID-19 infection, where the AstraZeneca is a viral vector-based vaccine. It does not use a virus that contains COVID-19 
but it does create a less harmful virus to trigger an immune response. I think the efficacy rate of AstraZeneca and the recent media releases around the safety of AstraZeneca has created some extra resistance to that. But evidence still shows that those people within that age base are safe to receive the vaccine. And it's safer to get a vaccine versus to get COVID. Let's talk a bit about what happens after you're vaccinated. Is it an appropriate response to say, oh, I can throw away my mask now? Like, I'm fully vaccinated. I don't need to worry about it anymore. Mm, I appreciate this question. It just came up recently. Bottom line, regardless, if you've been vaccinated, we continue to implement and recommend people follow the public health safety measures that Dr. Strang continues to speak of. And it's not only to help protect ourselves, but it's others around us. Nova Scotians in our communities, we've done so well to keep our cases low. And we wanted to ensure we are all doing our part to get to that light at the end of the tunnel. So the better we do with that, the quicker we get to that end goal. And I think that we've just come a long way and we wouldn't want to jeopardize people's health and safety and well-being. If you've already had COVID, we see this with some politicians in the US, I think, um, saying that they're not going to get vaccinated because they've already had it. But should you still get vaccinated if you've already tested positive or had COVID? Absolutely. Yeah, mm-hmm. there, that's, there's no need to go further into that. Yes, you want to get vaccinated, regardless if you've tested positive. People who are concerned about side effects, what should they know? Yeah, I think people want to know what to expect. And with every vaccine that we receive comes different possible side effects. I think uh, we need to remember that each of us respond differently to different vaccines that are injected into us. Expected side effects typically show in some people following their second dose rather than their first dose. Like I said, everyone's immune system reacts differently. The response is differently, but some side effects that are common are headache, fever, flu-like symptoms. However, we know that when you're experiencing those side effects, it's just telling us that the vaccine is giving that boost to our immune system and it's doing its job ultimately. I will say that we do provide an aftercare sheet that addresses some of those concerns and questions and gives a lot of information so people have that information to make the decision that works best for them. We have a robust process for reporting adverse events following immunization, and that process is well lined out for people that are receiving the vaccine. And is there anyone who should not get the vaccine? Yeah, I think that's a good question. And that is uh, part of the process is, you know, if you do have medical conditions and concerns, we ask that you would talk to your healthcare providers. The great thing is the registration process highlights this. So it talks about any medical conditions that might warrant some consultation with the healthcare provider. And that is encouraged to be done before coming to the clinic. However, we have a process in place at the clinic as well, where we can consult with a nurse and then consult with a physician if we need to. So there is, a, again, a very robust process for that consultation piece. And even if people have extra questions and, and feel better talking to a physician, we're able to provide that right on site, which is helpful. And I think it puts people's minds at ease. To date, we have not come across many people that shouldn't get the vaccine. Have you heard much about vaccine hesitancy in Nova Scotia and people who may be hesitant to get the vaccine? What would you like them to know? 
Yes and no. I know that there's always hesitancy related to any vaccine, especially with the newness of vaccine related to fight against COVID because the virus itself is quite new. And then there's always the hesitancy around the ideology behind it all. Most people are wanting the vaccine. They're eager and ready to receive it. I feel like some people are concerned about their own health and safety and that of others in their community. So they're wanting to get the vaccine not only to keep themselves safe, but to keep others around them safe. For me, what I would like people to know is just ensure you're receiving your information from credible resources, make the decision that best suits you and based on your situation and with the evidence-based information you have. So for me, it's really around making sure you have that information to make the decision that works well for you as opposed to being influenced by opinions of others. And what else would you like to share with our audience about the vaccine rollout? I think for one, I refer to the Nova Scotia Immunization Plan. So that can be found on the coronavirus Nova Scotia webpage. It's well laid out. It's well planned out. It considers social determinants of health, looking at health status and age, accessibility, other factors that impact our health. So it's a very good strategic and collaborative effort to ensure we're providing vaccine to the right people at the right time. I think it's also important to know that everyone is doing their best with the resources that we have. So individuals are doing their best, families, communities, government, we're all doing our best with what we have and we're all playing a part to get us where we want to be and to be patient with each other and the process itself. We're in good hands. There's a lot of people at a lot of different tables researching the vaccines, whether it's efficacy, safety, storage, handling, monitoring. There's a lot of people studying the coronavirus itself. And I think that we need to understand that we're in good hands in terms of research. And we've always used an evidence-based approach. The vaccine is safe. Research shows it's safe. There's been studies worldwide to continue to support that and decisions made by our government. However, we know that the virus itself can lead to death. We definitely know that. So we want to ensure that people are receiving access to vaccine if they'd like to have it. I just want to say thank you so much to Megan. I know you guys are really busy. Working in the position I work in, I know a lot of people in public health, and I know how hard you guys are working to make sure that that rollout comes out Mm -hmm. safely and effectively so that everybody can get what they need. So Thank you. Absolutely. No problem. I did write a very short reflection piece. One year ago, we settled into the unknown. Our public health team across Nova Scotia started to disperse to different COVID response efforts, adapting to virtual care, building the relationships with team members they've never met, and embarking on a journey never to be forgotten. Nova Scotia Strong represents the community strength and resiliency, allowing us to come together to mitigate the risks of COVID-19, while maintaining a quality of life that we value, appreciate, and honor. Every week we heard from our leadership to stay the blazes home and to stay strong, and that we did. Now it's time to get out for the next step, to get out and to action our immunization efforts across the province, and to no surprise, Nova Scotians are stepping up. Two weeks ago, we kicked off our final COVID-19 vaccination site in the Western Zone. In two months, we've successfully stood up healthcare worker clinics and community clinics in the Annapolis Valley, South Shore, and Tri-County areas. With the recruitment efforts of Nova Scotia Health, we have built immunization teams that are working towards a common goal and what most people describe as the beginning of the end. I want to acknowledge that the efforts of many do not go unnoticed and continue to be appreciated. And I want to get loud about a few things that make my heart happy and continue to make me proud. 
Public health staff have faced many challenges over the past year, adapting to new work, shifting to new schedules, utilizing skills and abilities to their full capacity, getting innovative, and traveling on a path that offers a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel. The leadership at all levels of public health has been motivating and reassuring. We continue to learn and grow, taking on an analytical and evidence-based approach while remembering that we are all human. We have connected with others across the province that we've never connected with before. Partnerships have been strengthened while new ones are being built. Public health staff working the clinics have left their work behind while others are holding down the fort for when they return. Staff who work diligently with timely case management and contact tracing, mobilizing efforts to meet the needs of communities, ensuring our staff have training and resources to ensure quality and safe patient-related care. While a majority of our resources have gone to COVID response, we continue to have public health practitioners who are supporting the community partnerships, working to support families at an individual family and community level in aspects of health promotion and protection, equity related to the early years, communicable disease, and broader public policy. These staff are putting their heart and souls in securing a sense of normalcy for when the rest of us return home. Above all that, our immunization team continue to blow me away. Their leadership in the eye of the public is admirable and can't be on scene. Working together in a supportive and caring way, welcoming new staff, stepping up to new challenges, and ultimately making a difference. I am proud to say that our staff continue to demonstrate an understanding of community and barriers that individuals face while using a patient-centered approach. Our staff are smiling, they care, they are proud, they are tired, and they are oh so strong. I want to thank all those who continue to come together to help make the light a bit brighter. Today, I want to add a special shout out to our public health team in Nova Scotia. Excellent. Well, thank you very much, Megan, for joining us today on the Community HealthCast and answering quite a lot of questions about vaccines and the vaccine rollout in Nova Scotia. Thanks for having me. It was great spending some time with you guys and getting back to those root conversations I miss having. Thanks, Megan. It was great talking. For more information on today's topic, including links to documents and other sources of information, please visit our Facebook page, Queen's Community Health Board, or call me, Elizabeth Bailey, at 902-350-0478. Thanks for listening, and tune in next time to the Community Health Cast.